Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Money matters. Turn to your neighbor and say money matters. Come on, somebody. I want you to be acquainted with this word. Money matters. Come on, say money matters. I want someone to uh, get used to saying money. Just say money, money, money. Money, money, money. Many people, when you talk about money, many people, when you say this word money, they become so angry uh, because they are bitter towards the thing. Because the thing has been running away from them. So now they don't like the thing. And the thing you, you, the thing you need, it matters. Somebody say money matters. So money matters for yourself, money matters for your children, money matters for your, for your purpose, money matters for your destiny, money matters for your dreams, money matters for the assignment that God has brought you here on earth for, money matters for you even uh, uh, to fulfill the purpose of God for your life. Somebody say amen. amen. So money matters whether you have it or you don't. Money matters. It matters how much you have in this world. But also, there are a few matters we need to address in as far as money is concerned. So there is a pun there. Money matters because it matters to us. But there are matters that we need to discuss concerning money in the kingdom of God. Somebody say money. Uh, come on, you will get comfortable. Uh, uh, say money. money. Money matters. It matters how much you have and it matters if you don't have it. And also I said there are also matters that we need to tackle and we need to address in as far as money is concerned. Now in every entity and in every life, in every corporation, money plays a critical role. In every kingdom, money plays a critical role. In fact, what makes a kingdom effective, it's it's, its, um, economy. It's economic affairs. When they are handled in a proper manner, then that kingdom will surely stand the test of time. So money is critical. It plays a critical role even in the kingdom of our God. Somebody say amen. Amen. So how the kingdom takes care of its economic uh, 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 issues will then affect its citizens. Whether the well-being of its citizens or the downfall of its citizens. And now we know and we have done well in teaching each other over the, the, the past month that we are belonging to the kingdom of God. We are those who are citizens of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God 
also in the kingdom of God, money matters. The economic system of the kingdom of God matters because it will affect us as the citizens of the kingdom of God. So if you are a person who is uncomfortable when we are talking about money in the church, then you are not going to fully be able to, uh, uh, to participate in this kingdom of our God because this kingdom has its own economy. Somebody say amen. And we are the citizens of this kingdom deployed here on earth so that we can represent the kingdom of God. And when you represent a certain kingdom, then you need to be acquainted with its economic systems. So that is why you need not to be uncomfortable when we are talking about money in the house of the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. So how the citizens handle or manage their finances or the material resources that they have been given in the kingdom, it matters. It matters a great deal. Please turn with me to the book of Luke chapter number 9, verse number 13. Luke chapter number 9, verse number 13. The Bible says, So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten miners. And then he said, Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. Put this money to work until I come back. Now, it was never God's desire for us to live bad lives and for us to live lives that are full of failure. God never desired or even designed us to live defeated lives. God never designed or desired for us to live lives that are not fulfilled. God never desires for us to live lives that are void of progress that are void of advancement. That is why earlier on we sang that Nkosingi misepezulu. Gisima miselenda wene pageme ungi misepezulu. Why? Because God never designed for us to be stagnant. God never wanted us to live lives that are void of progress, that are void of advancement. Somebody say amen. God never wanted us to be people who always are, are making a, 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 instead of making progress. That's not the will of God for our lives. That is not the will of God at all. A life that is full of failure is not the will of God for our lives. A life that is defeated is not the will of God for our lives. I want us to put it in our spirit, to put it in our hearts and hold it dear. This is a critical information that we need to know so that we can refuse to be poor 
at any cost so that we can refuse to be people who are scared of talking about money or trusting God for resources just because we think God wants us to never advance in life. So I want us to drill it in our heart and in our spirit. Let it be uh, embedded in our spirit to say it is not the will of God for us to live defeated lives. But God wants us to win. God wants us to advance. So we need, therefore, to understand that everything we do or everything that we become a part of, be it you become a part of a company, you have a career that you are, that you are pursuing, be it you are climbing a corporate ladder or you are starting a business or you are already established in business, Anything and everything that you are involved in, you need to understand and be aware of the fact that uh, you need help from God to fulfill that purpose. It is a purpose of God for you to be where you are in terms of what you are pursuing. If you are in business, you are fulfilling the purpose of God for your life. If you are pursuing a career, you are fulfilling the purpose of God for your life. So it is not your good idea that you wake up in the morning and you go to work. It is not your good idea that you wake up in the morning and you go and work on your business. It was not your idea. But it is because God has a purpose for your life. So anything and everything that you do, you need to understand that it is meant to help you to fulfill the purpose of God for your life, nothing else. Everything that you are engaging in, it is meant to help you fulfill the purpose of God for your life. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, chapter number two, verse number 10. Uh, um, and I'm going to be reading it in the Amplified uh, Classic Version. It says, for we are God's own handiwork. His workmanship created in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking path which he prepared ahead of time. So the path of business that you are taking, he prepared for you ahead of time. It's not your good idea. It is just there to help you be able to fulfill the purpose of God for your life. And then it continues to say that we should walk in them, living the good life. Somebody say good life. Somebody say good life. Living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. So in other words, there is a good life that is there waiting for us to get to that stage. It's not that the good life is not there. But the version of us that we are right now cannot tap into that good life that is already there, readily made available by God. Because why? We still think that we don't deserve the good life. And there is nothing that you think you don't deserve that will, you will ever tap into. Everything that you will ever tap into in this lifetime in the kingdom of God is what you believe you deserve. 
As long as you don't believe you deserve a good life, you'll be shocked, Barcelona. There are people who believe that it is the will of God for them to suffer. There is a suffering that is a process from God to cause you to become that which he wants you to become so that you can evolve to a vision that can stand in high places where he wants you to stand. But then there are things that are not from God at all. They are just from the devil himself and it's not a process of God, but it is an oppression from the enemy who does not want you to renew your mind so that you can be prepared for the level in which God wants to set you. There is a good life that is already prepared for you and I, and we need to evolve into it. Please say this after me. God wants me to live a good life. Please say it with all of your heart. Of your heart. God wants me to live a good life. And live to fulfill his purpose. Come on, it's written on the screens. We are now just going to say it comfortably and with a very audible voice. Even the devil that is waiting for you at the gate of your workplace or at the gate of your business or at the, at the gate of your home, he must hear you from church this morning declaring what is written on the screen. One, two, three, go. God wants me to live good life and live to fulfill his purpose. One more time. God, God wants me to live a good life yes. and live to fulfill his Say it like you believe it right now. God wants me to live a good life yes. I want you to declare this over and over and over and over over your life and confess it until you believe it. Because the enemy does not want you to believe the fact that God wants you to live a good life and that God wants you to fulfill his purpose. Why is a good life critical for the fulfillment of the purpose of God for your life? It is because when the life is not that great, you shift your focus from the purpose to your life. But God God wants us to focus on the purpose and forget about what we don't have and what we need and what we lack. But it is difficult to forget about what you don't have when you really don't have. And you do need. And therefore you end up not focusing on the purpose of God for your life. So I want us to say it and confess it over and over again so that we can Believe it. Somebody say amen. amen. So now money plays a critical role in, in, this, uh, 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 in this life because money facilitates. Money facilitates a good life. Money facilitates even speed for your destiny. Money facilitates. And when we say money facilitates, we mean that it makes it easy or it makes it easier. So money makes action, or money makes a process easier. So money facilitates a good life. So in other words, money makes it easier for you to live a good life. Money makes it easier for you to fulfill purpose. Money makes it easier for you to realize your dreams. Somebody say amen. It facilitates a good life because 
Every dream and every vision, every calling and every destiny needs money, including yours. Your destiny, your purpose, your vision, your dreams will need money. Money also aids frustration, which slows down the pursuit of our visions. Money is going to aid the frustrations that are going to slow down our dreams, that is going to slow down our pursuit of our purpose. If you are frustrated, in most cases you become unproductive. Why? Because you are frustrated. And in most cases, if you can look and try and take stock of why and audit your frustration, if you can put your frustration on the table and begin to audit your frustration, you will trace it back to money. And you will see that actually my frustration is not rent. My frustration is not my car installment. My frustration is not the school fees of my children. But my frustration in one word, money. Because money matters. So now money is going to aid us from the frustrations that will slow us down in our pursuit of the calling and the purpose of God for our lives. Somebody say amen. amen. Even the devil himself, himself knows if money is in the right hands, it can facilitate a great damage in his kingdom. If money is in the right hands, the devil knows that it can facilitate a dent and a damage in his kingdom. Because money can fast, can, can fast track uh, 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 the process of us winning souls. The process of us reaching nations. The process of us being able to reach the unreachable. So even the devil himself knows that if money can be in the right hands, it can cause a great damage in his kingdom. Somebody say amen. amen. Look at what the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number 10, verse number 19 says. It says, but money answers everything. Yes. I said to you, if you can do an audit of your frustrations, you will trace it back to money. Why? Because money answers everything. Also in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number 7, verse number 12, the Bible says, for wisdom is a defense as money is a defense. So money can also defend you. Money is a defense. All of us must be in pursuit of a good life that God wants for us so that we can fulfill his purposes for our lives. And that life can be facilitated by money. And money belongs to God. Amen. If you don't believe me, uh, uh, you can trace it back to a tree. And there is no one who manufactured a tree. Money belongs to God. Even the Bible says that even the cattle in the thousand hills are mine. Somebody say amen. amen. Right. Now the Bible is not against money. The Bible is not against money. I'm going to say it again, Bazalwane. The Bible is not against money. God himself is not against money. The only thing that the Bible is against in as far as money is concerned is an unhealthy relationship with it. If you have an unhealthy relationship with money, obviously then the Bible is, is not going to be 
okay with you because if you love money, then you are going to save money. So money must not be a God to you. Somebody say amen. amen. Money, you must have a good and a healthy relationship with money. Why do I say you must have a good and a healthy relationship with money? Because you need to have a good relationship with money whether you have money or you don't. A good relationship with money is required whether there is abundance of it or there is lack of it. What am I saying? I am saying that you need to develop a good relationship with money so that money does not dictate to you. Money is not supposed to tell you what to do, whether you have it or you lack it. Whether it's there or it's not there, it must not dictate to you. Many people are humble until money comes into the equation. Many wives are humble until money comes into the equation. Many husbands are very humble and loving until money comes into the equation. There are people who will never raise their hands or even their voices to their wives until they have money in their pockets. And sometimes when you check, it's 375 from 20. But because they have a very bad and unhealthy relationship with money, money then dictates to them. And money says to them, Money can tell you not to lift up your hands when we say lift up your hands. Money can tell you don't go to church when it's a Sunday morning. I know, Basalwan, Pella, Zichek and now. Ugutsi Makpelinyanga. You finally decide it's either the Sunday or we are Puma, we are somewhere, or we are Hambuka Pabantuana. A gubi money being echo. Gabe Alzangu Batata Bantuana. Ubayis Gabu Buso Buse Sunday. Ushel Panzo Paramisanda. Uti, you are holy, my Lord. There is no one like you. Imalik Valumlo Moitai. No mungangam to me, sir. Right when. Let me tell you something. That's an unhealthy relationship with money. Amen. Money is a good, is a good servant, but a bad master. My, my husband always says that he teaches us all the time that you need to be able to tame this thing called money. Yeah. All of us need it. All of us must have it. All of us must trust God for it. But we need to fix our relationship with it. Some of us, but God can see. But if you can just say, Lord, correct my heart in as far as money is concerned. Other people have a bad relationship with money in such a way that even when you are talking about money, they don't believe that money can come to them. They don't believe that God can actually empower them and give them money. They have a bad relationship with money because they hate money. And I don't know about you. Mina, if there is someone who hates me, Angelen again. You will repel it. 
if you have an unhealthy relationship with it. Not in a manner of having it and then changing in character, but in the manner of not having it and up to a point of immunizing yourself to hate it. Because sometimes, I always make this example to say, when you have been through a season of lack for a long time, you can even convince yourself that you are okay the way that you are. But I'm here this morning to announce to you, you are not okay the way that you are. There is a destiny that you must fulfill. There is a purpose of God that you must fulfill. There are dreams that are, that are in the inside of you that God wants you to realize so that others can be helped by the big dreams that God has imparted in the inside of you. But if you are the kind of a person who says, I'm okay the way that I am, you are not. You are not. I always make this example. That's when you find children who are very poor and you give them ice cream and they say, no, I don't like ice cream. It's not that they don't like ice cream. It's because they liked ice cream and got disappointed by ice cream not coming to them for a long time. They could not afford ice cream. And because of them developing a coping mechanism, for them to cope, who ice cream mina angkwazu go afford? So, uze, ginga pateka manga begu konaba kwazu afford to ice cream. Angitu ice cream mumbi. Wow, I high school. Oh, oh, in your school, that example. Lava banga bath. Eh? In most cases, bathes bet bonga ban ababal. Coping mechanism. What's your fun? Tantas fun. So the same nenga nenga ice cream, it's ice cream mumbi. Can't accept one go to ice cream mumbi. Ugutin funu kwazu kopa na lento ugut. Ginga uhalelu ice cream. In other words, I am closing my heart so that u ice cream no munga jula pamguano. Angnandaba no ice cream goba. Each time I tried to get ice cream, ice cream did not come to me. Same thing with money. Many people have an unhealthy relationship with money in a way that they hate even a thought of having it. Or even when we are teaching about it, they even say it is ungodly. They hate it in such a way that they don't even want to listen to me right now. As I am preaching, someone wants to go home. Why? Because money has a spirit. It can either be attracted to you or be repelled. So now, I said to you, in Ghana, it's ice cream mumbi. So, the coping mechanism, young Gabina, your lento, is a guenza utangi tingi. Why? Because you don't want to feel the pain of not having what you need. How many know that when you, when you don't have what you need or what you want, it, it's painful? So, the coping mechanism for the pain, so that this pain cannot be severe. But listen to me this morning, child of God. You need it. All that you need to do is to have a good relationship with it. 
correct your relationship with money. Don't just have nip service to say, Mina Mangasangibe Nayonkos, Gizo the Sontan Maning, Ababeson Jan, Pet Mangasangib Minanjankos, test me. Test me, Lord. Test me, test me with 10 million. Because there is a building that is needed for five. Are you over and above my tithe? I shall say five here. Here is five million. Test me. And God folds his arms because he knows the relationship you have with money. In most cases, many people think people who have money have got a bad relationship with money. But lo and behold, in most cases, it's the people who don't have it that have a bad relationship with money. Because at the end of the day, even when we are giving, it's not a matter of affordability. It's a matter of generosity. A good relationship with money. There are people who will hold on to their life to their hundred rands because it's the last one. And they think it's going to multiply somehow because it's their last one. Bad relationship with money. Even if there's something that is critically needed, the heart has got no generosity. Bad relationship with money. There are people who will hold on to the smallest amount that they have, even when they can feel that God wants them to do something in as far as generosity is concerned. No, they will not. Why? Because they are holding on. Why did Jesus bless the woman who gave her last? Was it because it was a lot? It's a lot in proportion to what you have. Good relationship with money says you are not going to control me. You are not going to control me whether ukona or awuko. There are people who are con so controlled by money in such a way that manga benga na we are born in mood would know. Imudi akishinjile because agana imali. So your happiness is based on how much money you have then the enemy will always take the money away so that you will always curse God. Because he knows the relationship you have with money. That when you don't have money, even God does not mean anything to you. The fact that you woke up in the morning and you are still breathing does not mean anything to you. As long as there is no money, then you don't want anything to do with God. Relationship with money. So it's not only on the side of having it, but it's also on the side of not having it. I pray that we may all correct the relationships that we have with money. May we correct an healthy relationship with money so that God can be able to entrust us with more and take us to the next level. That is what the Bible has a problem with, unhealthy relationship with money. So now I said we need to have um, we need to understand that there are matters that are very, are very critical when it comes to money. And there are five critical matters that must be clear to every believer in as far as money is concerned. Please let us listen very carefully to this teaching because it is important. We all need money. 
but money has got these matters that are critical that we need to be aware of and make sure that we correct our relationship with money. Number one, we need to understand that God is the source. Amen. God is the source of our wealth and of our riches. The parable that we read said that the master gave them money. So, which means no matter what happens, if you find yourself with increase, if you find yourself with advancement, if you find yourself with money in your pocket, and if you find yourself financially able and financially stable, you need to understand that it is God who is your source. You are not the source. Never put yourself in the place of God. Never think that it is because of my might, it is because of my intellect, it is because of my hard work. Because there are many people who will say, this is my, my hard-earned cash. Yes, you have worked hard, but this is God who has given you that strength to work. It is not from you. You are not the source. In fact, if you can place yourself as the source, then you, it's going to be a problem because you are not as consistent as God is. You are not as steadfast as God is. You are not unchanging as God is. So if you have anything in your pocket and God has blessed you in any form in as far as money is concerned, always remember you are not the source. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of Haggai. Chapter number 2, verse number 8, it says, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. So if you find yourself with silver or you find yourself with gold, you need to understand the source. Understand that it comes from God and it needs to facilitate the good life that God wants you to live. And it needs to, and God wants you to uh, fulfill his purpose for your life. Somebody say amen. amen. In the book of Ecclesiastes chapter number six, verse number two, the Bible says, amen to whom God has given riches and wealth and honor. So in other words, there is a possibility that God can give a man wealth and riches. And I see you being that man this morning, whom God can give wealth and riches, whom God can give honor, whom God can put some money in, the, in your pocket and cause you to be able to fulfill purpose without wondering what am I going to eat tomorrow, without wondering how are my children going to grow up, what is going to become of me, without wondering all of those things, but focusing on the purpose of God for your life. Each time, like uh, uh, whenever I find myself on a tight corner in as far as finances are concerned, I always say, Lord, bless me and bless me early because I don't want to be worried and praying about bread and praying about food and praying about all of those things that you can easily take care of. I want to be worried about what you have called me to do. Amen. Want to be worried about purpose. Because the enemy makes sure that we are always in the backseat in as far as finances are concerned so that we can forget about purpose and focus even our prayers. 
They are, they are focused on what money can actually take care of. Many of us, the prayer points can change. In fact, if God can come and and a man that was given by God wealth and riches, if God can single someone out here and put on them that blessing of wealth and riches and give them that gift, they can say, I know. Why? Because almost everything that we have written there, most of those things, money can be able to deal with them in a few minutes. Few minutes. Yes. But we need to realize we are not the source. Somebody say amen. amen. Number two. Empowerment. Empowerment. God empowers us. How does God give us wealth and riches? He empowers us. The Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 8, verse number 18, it says, And you shall remember the Lord your God. It is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he saw to you, to your fathers, as it is this day. And also, in the book of Psalm, chapter number 23, verse number 5, the Bible says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. So God anoints our heads with oil, and then our cup runs over. So God gives us the anointing, so that we can be able to have favor in our workplaces, so that we can be able to make money in the corporate world, to make money in the business world because of the anointing, by reason of the anointing. And then, once that anointing is in, in motion, then our cup runs over. Umfundisi has taught us that the, the, the word cup there means where you store your riches. So it's not the cup that you drink tea with. It's a cup where you store your riches. So in other words, you anoint my head with oil and my bank account overflows. You anoint my head with oil and my pockets are full of money. You anoint my head with oil and my wallet overflows. So that is your cup. It overflows where you store your riches, where you store your money. He anoints our head with oil, not so that we can roll on the floor and speak in tongues. That has got its place. But however, when he anoints our heads with oil, he anoints us so that we can go out there and be distinguished. And that is how we are going to be able to make money out there and come back into the house of the Lord and give. Somebody say amen. amen. Number three, control. Somebody say control. God remains in control. No matter how much we have, God remains in control. Do not let money be your God, I said earlier on. Whether it's presence or it's absence, it must never be your God. It must never dictate to you what you are supposed to do and what you are not supposed to do. It can only be God who can dictate to you what you are supposed to do and what you are not supposed to do. Not money. Don't let money 
have a bigger voice than God in your life. That is why when you are still believing him for money, activate that his voice be louder in your life. So that even when money begins to talk to you, God's voice becomes louder and louder. There are people who can do anything, even though the voice of God is trying to tell them. There are people who adjust their lives in the name of faith, only to find that it's not actually faith that they are adjusting their lives. They are adjusting their lives just so that they can break to others. And then God loses his control over us. And then money controls us in such a way that we even skip our tithes. We end up not tithing. We end up not giving. Why? Money is telling us that you are not supposed to be living at this level and then you upgrade yourself and not upgraded by God but you are upgrading yourself because money has told you this is what you are supposed to be driving this is where you are supposed to be living only to find that it's now going to choke you and the enemy becomes someone who has a foothold in your life and then you end up choking the voice of God even when the Holy Spirit tells you, die, Bondod, Pella, don't forget. Which when I forget. <laughs> Choking the voice of God. Money can be very loud. I, I, others will remember the story. I, my, I have a brother who is, he's not doing well, but he's wealthy. And one day, we were having dinner at his house. And he said, I don't know why did he make that statement, but we were having a conversation around money. And he said, the best thing you can ever do when you begin to have money is to ignore it. Learn to ignore money. So how am I going to make sure that God is in control when he blesses me? When he gives me money, how do I remain at a place where God has an upper hand in my life? How do I remain at a place where God is the one in control of everything? He's the one who tells me what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. He's the one who tells me how to give, where to give, and what to give. It is God who controls my affairs in as far as money is concerned. How do I do that? I ignore money and I make the voice of God to always be louder. Always be louder. How do I make the voice of God louder? By making sure that I follow the principles of God when it comes to money. That's how I silence my money. Yes. The way to silence your money is to cause it to allow God to be in control. Tell it that you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God. In fact, you can leave me anytime, but he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. So you are not going to dictate to me how am I going to praise my God? How am I going to serve my God? You are not going to dictate to me. That's how you silence the voice of money and you let God remain in control. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of Luke chapter number 16. Um, it's Luke chapter number 16 
verse number 13, it says, No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love, and love the other. Or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So it is impossible for you to be able to serve God and mammon at the same time. So in other words, the God of money, the spirit that I spoke about earlier on, if it is going to control you in as far as your life is concerned, then you are serving it. There are many people who, say, who claim that they are serving God, but they are serving mammon. And each time money clocks in their account, Instead of God saying what you are supposed to do with it, it's the one that tells you what to do with it. First Timothy chapter number six, verse number 10, the Bible says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. For the love of money is a root of all evil, for which some have strayed from the faith. How many people that you know, that you can count, who were Christians, loving the Lord, serving in the church, but as soon as they got a job, not even that much money, but as soon as they got a job, they disappeared. Why? Because money told them that you are now okay. How many of us are treating God as an ATM? That only when we need something from him, we are obedient. But each time we feel like we are comfortable, we are okay. Then we don't need him. But when there is something that we need from God, we are the ones who are very serious. How about we shame the devil and we say, God has a purpose for my life and therefore I am going to hold on until the end because you won't know if you don't let God be in control, even if you are blessed, you won't know how far can God go. If you because and you don't let him be in control fully, you will never know. Some of us will get to heaven and we will see the things that God had, had prepared for us before the foundations of the earth. And we will want to come back here on earth to live that good life that God wanted us to live. Why? Because we settled for less. We thought we were okay with that which God. Many of us in the beginning of our prosperity, we say, God, now you are no longer in control. Let me get the steering wheel. I'm okay now. I can drive myself. I can drive my life. You don't have to be in control anymore. Money is the root of all evil. People who are good and are doing well in as far as their children and maybe even their families are concerned, even their spouses are concerned, until money comes. And money gives them the power to go and do wrong things. Why? Because God is no longer in control. But we are in control. So because God is going to elevate us, because God is going to empower us with money so that we can fulfill his purpose here on earth, 
We need to allow him to be in control. We need to make sure that no matter how much is in our bank account, no matter how much is in our pockets, we let God be in control, always in control. We remember the scripture that says Isaac began to prosper. But sometimes in the beginning of prosperity, we self-destruct. But God is going to give us this money because God wants us to have a good life and fulfill his purpose for our lives. But we need to make sure that God is in control. Don't go back just in the beginning of prosperity. There are three dimensions. There is the beginning of prosperity because the Bible says the man began to prosper and he continued to prosper. You are still going to continue to prosper. If there is some form of a blessing in as far as money is concerned that God has given to you, please note that it is the beginning. No matter even if you are the first one in your family to ever have that much, still it is the beginning. Still it is the beginning. And then the Bible says he continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. There's a, there's a dimension of being very prosperous and you can't afford to let go of God controlling you even in the beginning of your, of your prosperity. Because if you let go of, of, the, of God controlling you and your finances in the beginning of, of, of your prosperity, you will think that you have reached the point where you are very prosperous only to find that you will go down as if you have never been on the top ever. Why? Because the one who has been on the driving seat is no longer there. You are now driving your own life. Let God be in control. Somebody say amen. amen. Number four. Wisdom. Sorry. Wisdom. God gives us wisdom to handle our finances. God gives us financial wisdom. Ecclesiastes chapter number 7 verse number 11 in the message translation verse number 11 to 12 it says wisdom is better when it's paired with money especially if you get both while you are still living double protection remember we said money is a defense wisdom is also a defense so double protection so you are protected by wisdom and you are also protected by money so it says double protection wisdom and wealth so if you want double protection in your life you must get wisdom and you must get wealth so don't settle for wisdom at the expense of wealth don't settle for wealth at the expense of wisdom because you need both because it is double protection and then it says plus bo this bonus wisdom energizes its owner Wisdom energizes its owner. And you need to have wisdom so that you can be energized for you to be able to live the good life that is facilitated by the wealth that God is giving you. I don't know about you, but I want to be energized to be able to enjoy the wealth that God gives me. But I will not be energized unless I have wisdom. And it is only God who gives wisdom. The Bible says, is anyone who lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally. Why? Because God is the all-wise God. 
So he is the one who gives us wisdom. So we need to go to God and have financial wisdom. Ask God to give us financial wisdom so that we can be able to, to govern our financial affairs in a wise manner. There are many people who use their finances and the wealth that God has given them in a manner that is very much unwise. The Bible says wisdom and wealth, double protection. Because there is even a scripture that says a poor man's wisdom is despised. So you don't want to be wise and poor. Because no one will take you serious. No one will take your advice. If you can put a man who is very, very stupid, but has a lot of money, and a man who is very, very wise, but is poor, and they say something, you will go for that which the rich man is saying. Why? Because you think, if what he is saying is anything to go by, then it means I will be like him. Only to find that he is taking you down the hill. But the wisdom is in the one who is poor. But his wisdom is despised. No one will listen to him. If you don't believe me, oh, check a kai. Check a kai, you malume. On a mal, no me better. I get kumundom chela, I would no malume laka wrong. And gagas is a squazo gianzale. Goba, no malumu figure ne mal. So, low poor or showing their right to what you know. As a family, we are not supposed to do this because this is going to even cost us. Maybe within the family. This can even cause a havoc within the family. No, his wisdom is despised. Why? He has no money. Because money matters. But God will give us both wisdom and wealth. Double defense. You don't want to be unwise in governing your financial affairs. Because if you are unwise, the enemy can come in and cause you to self-destruct instead of money facilitating a good life. That is why you will find people who have money but they are frustrated. They have money but their life is not good. They have money but their marriages are in shambles. They have money but their homes are being broken. Why? It is because there is no wisdom that is paired with their wealth. But if you have both, it's double defense. And your life will take a great shape. Somebody say amen. amen. And then number, number five. Number five is increase. God wants us to increase. As much as God is our source, as much as God is the one who empowers us and gives us the strength to make wealth, as much as we need to make sure that God is in control in as far as our finances are concerned, as much as we want God to, we want to make sure that when it comes to many matters, God is the one who takes the driving seat in our lives. We also need wisdom. We need to ask God for wisdom. We need to govern our financial affairs with great wisdom. And then God will give us increase. God wants us to increase. The Bible says where we read, he gave them 10 minors. But then 
when you read that scripture, you will realize that it was all for the purposes of making sure that they increase what they have been given. So each time God gives us money, he wants us to be able to put it on use and increase it. God wants us to be able to trust him for increase. I want us to be people who are not going to be satisfied with where we are in as as far as finances are concerned. Let us not be complacent. Let us not be satisfied. Just because we in, in relation to those around us, we are better. You know what? Comparison can be in two ways. Comparison can be in saying that I am better than so and so. And comparison can be saying I am less than so and so. And both of them are very dangerous. Because sometimes you can short circuit the blessing of the Lord upon your life. Why? Because you are looking in proportion to those around you. As long as I have more than them, as long as I am doing better than them, as long as I drive a better car than them, as long as I live in a better house than them, as long as I wear better clothes than them, what about purpose? If you are busy looking at what you have instead of trusting God for an increase, You are just complacent with what you have because it's better than so-and-so's. What about purpose? What about purpose? Because if you have enough for you, then you cannot fulfill purpose. Because your purpose includes people. If you remember when we started the series, we spoke about purpose, we spoke about people. There are people that are supposed to be hired by you. There are people who are supposed to have businesses that have been started by you for them to go and flourish and perpetuate the kingdom of our God. There are people who are waiting on you so that they can have employment. But if for you it's just so that you can be better better than the next door neighbor and you don't want increase, you are okay. Please, I want you to be provoked this morning and not be okay and say, Lord, I am not okay with where I am. I am not okay with what I have. I am not okay with the level at which I am at. But Lord, I believe that you are a God of increase and you are a God who wants me to multiply. You are a God who wants me to be able to make sure that what you have given me is multiplied and increases in my hands and therefore increases me increase me it says put this money to work and this was for the purposes of increase Deuteronomy chapter number 28 verse number 8 the Bible says the Lord will command the blessing on you say on you come on say on you the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouse and in all that which you set your hand and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you I am closing but listen to the choice of words the Bible says the Lord remember the one we said is in control the one we said brings about increase the one we said gives wisdom the one we said empowers us the one we said is the source for money The Bible says he commands the blessing on you. God commands the blessing 
on you in your storehouse. Right? In all to which you set your hand. In your storehouse and in all which you set your hand. In your storehouse and in all which you set your hand. But where does this come from? From what is on you. God will command the blessing that is on you. So what am I supposed to contend for? What am I supposed to fight for? What am I supposed to hunger for? What am I supposed to go after? I am supposed to go after the blessing on me because it is the blessing on me that will be commanded by God in my storehouse. So when there is lack in my storehouse, I need not to worry about my storehouse that much. I must worry about what is on me. So in other words, I must make sure that the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and earth no sorrow sits upon me so that then it can be commanded to my storehouse and to everything that I lay my hand on. So what am I laying my hand on? My business. What am I laying my hand on? My family. What am I laying my hand on? My career. What am I laying my hand on? Anything and everything that God gives me an opportunity to go after. I am laying my hand on it and it is where the blessing will be commanded. So, contend for the blessing to be on you. So, in other words, for us to be able to fulfill purpose and have the money that will facilitate the fulfillment of our purpose, we need to contend for the blessing of the Lord to sit upon us, to sit on us, so that we can be able to have it go in the Bible is clear as we stand and go home it's clear it says the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouse so in your storehouse the increase will come based on the blessing that is on you and remember if I can just give you one tip. The Bible says in the book of Malachi, He will command a blessing that you will have no room enough to contain. It does not say blessings. It says a blessing. So it's the blessing that is on you that will then translate into blessings in your storehouse in everything that you put your hand upon. Sometimes we think God is after our money, but God is not after our money. God is after us increasing, multiplying, becoming fruitful, doing better, so that we can be able to fulfill purpose. God, when he asks you for 10%, God, when he asks you to give and it shall be given to you a good measure, it's not because then God wants to frustrate you, but it is because God wants to show you a system that will cause the blessing to sit on you. And then that blessing on you, God will command in your storehouse Amen. where you store your stuff. God will command 
in everything that you touch and in everything that you lay your hand upon. God will command that blessing into your business. So anything and everything that you need increase on comes from what is on you. Comes what is on you. We are praying. Put it on me, Lord. Put it on me. Put it on me, Lord. If there's any form of unhealthy relationship I've ever had with money, my God, please, by your light, shine on it and let me see. Let me see it as the devil that does not want me to increase in my life. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.